Hello and welcome to a special edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast. Uh, you're used to listening to our podcast on a Tuesday morning, and we've already done that this week, but we have an extra special podcast this week ahead of the game against Cardiff on Saturday, which is the 50th anniversary of the 1967 Cup win. We've got an interview um, with the hero of that day, Mark Lazarus. Uh, but before we play that, I'm here with Paul Finney, a podcast regular. Paul, you weren't old enough to be at the game, despite looking like you were more than old enough to be at the game. Um, but just sum up what that game means for all QPR fans. Well, can you imagine if you were a Queen's Park Rangers supporter on that day, this wee club from the People's Club of West London going to Wembley, being 2-0 down against a world-class side, which West Bromwich Albion were then. People forget that. They were, they were a really good side. We went there, we went 2-0 down, and we conquered them. And from there, we built the foundations. It gave Jim Gregg with the foresight to rebuild Loftus Road. We moved forward. We kept... I mean, Rodney Marsh announced himself to the world. We, those fans were lucky enough to see Rodney. That day, the whole world seen what a special player we had. Players like Lazarus, Morgan... Spring it, all these players, and you know, were, were superb. And of course, the late great Mike Keane, who lifted the trophy, that iconic picture will forever stay in everyone's bedroom. For whatever, if you're my generation, that picture would have been in the middle of your bedroom because that was a magnificent day. And from that, we got a magnificent club. And I thank every single one of them players for what they did that day. They put us in the world map, and we should be forever grateful for that. Great stuff. Okay, so just before we play the interview, first of all, thank you to the club for um, helping us get this interview. And and in particular, there's all kinds of commemorations going on on Saturday. Um, Well done to Ian and Dan and all the rest of the guys at the club for making sure that that has been organised and that 1967 was commemorated in that way. The other point I was going to make was our podcast is always free, um, but if you have enjoyed this and you would like to mark uh, and commemorate another QPR hero um, before you listen to one, which uh, um, that you can do so. If you go on our website, we've got a link there to Stan Bowles' GoFundMe page, um, and if you want to make a donation, um, you're more than welcome. So this was Clive Whittingham from Loft for Words talking to 1967 hero Mark Lazarus. Um, so yeah, 50 years, does it, does it seem longer? Can you believe it's been 50 years? No, I can't be long. No. I can't be. Can't be. It feels like it was uh, only a few years ago. Mm. Know, time goes so quick. Yeah. Uh, but 50 years is a big milestone, isn't it? Yeah. The, um, I wanted to talk actually about the Leicester game in the run-up to the cup final yeah. because in many ways that was the performance, wasn't it? Is that how, is that how you remember it? No. <laughs> in a word um, the Leicester game was uh, basically um, you know the start of it all yeah uh, but our best performance was Birmingham away okay. in the semi-finals so that is where we achieved going to Wembley mm. I mean we could have got beat by Swansea or or uh, uh, Carlisle Carlisle any other time other than when we played Leicester I mean they were top side as well and uh, nobody ever thought that we'd 
we'd beat them. We came from 2-1 down at half-time, and we beat them 4-2. And that was the start of us believing that we could do something. But the actual game that we really excelled in was the game at Birmingham. Mm. And that that laid the basis of us going to Wembley. Mm. They'd spent a bit of money, hadn't they, Birmingham? You know, all relative compared oh, to what yeah. gets spent now. Oh, but they were they were a big team. Yeah, yeah, they were a big team. Once again, we come from one nil down a half time, and went out there and beat them four one at a canter and ease with ease. Uh, and that was me personally. That was our best performance of the whole campaign. What do you put that? What do you put it down to that you kept going behind and coming back to win? Was that just like sort of belief and arrogance? It didn't matter that you were one nil down. Or well, we used to put a map up on the table in the dressing room, and we used to say, "Right, we're coming in at one nil down." At <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. Uh, it's just how it went. I mean, nobody wants to, nobody wants to be losing any time in the game, but uh, it just unfortunately that's how it went and. Uh, we were getting beat by Leicester and we were getting beat by Birmingham and in the final itself we were getting beat by West Bromwich Albion so in other words we were a second half team (laughs) (laughs) what what were the half time team talks then was it like come on let's get our act together now there was was, uh, a few uh, rucks and you know uh, leading up to Wembley but when we was at Wembley and we came in 2 knock down there was no there was no because um, our actual goal was was getting there you know and Alex Stock said well just go out there and perform you know you know you can uh, and enjoy it and that's exactly what we've done mm. and I think the difference was in the first half we were a young side apart from myself and Les and Jimmy Langley uh, and I think the the younger side, the younger boys, were a bit nervous and a bit, you know, the occasion took over. But once we went out in the second half, once we got calmed down a bit, then we started showing what form we could do. And uh, I think that was the whole crux of the matter, really. Mm. There's all sorts of stories that get uh, exaggerated over time and things, but you know, out drinking and like no. early hours before the game and things like this. How much? How much of that stuff is actually is actually true? Well, I can't talk for the other people, <laughs> but they were well, we were a young side, really. Uh, I'm a teetotaler. I've never drank. Uh, I just don't like it. Don't like the taste. Uh, so I wasn't out drinking or partying or anything like that. I don't know what the other boys did. You yeah, might have your uh, suspicions. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't think so. I didn't uh, I, I thought um, Jimmy was a married man, Jimmy Langley, married man, children. I don't, I don't think he was a, a party goer or you know out having a drink before games or uh, certainly Mike Keane wasn't. Uh, and Les wasn't uh, that way inclined anyway. So I don't think there was any sort of... Um, yeah, these things get blown up over time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't read anything about anybody okay. in, them, in them times. And I, I don't think I, I have. Were uh, you surprised that we you, were you surprised that we won, having been 2-0 down against oh the good yeah. side at half-time? You were, you, yeah. Because we were a good side, obviously. 
yes. Uh, very surprised that um, that we beat West Brom from two 0 down. Very surprised. But once we once we scored uh, the first goal and the way we were playing, and then Rodney thought uh, got into his stride and scored the second goal. I thought we were going to win from that moment on. You know, I thought we were we were playing them, uh, and that, uh, I think they really thought, well, let's let's be a bit careful here. This team, we we could get beat here. This is this is West Bromwich Albion, in my opinion. That's what they were thinking. Yeah, and uh, of course, when I scored my goal. Uh, the crowd started believing in it, and I could, I can hear them now. They was all shouting out, "Let's have four, let's have four And we'd scored three. You at the po- you at the four. post for a fourth, didn't you? Yes, I at the post. I had a volley cleared. I could have scored a hat trick in that Wembley. Uh, I had one cleared off the line volley, and I hit the post with a, another breakaway shot. Uh, yeah, the crowd wanted more goals. They. <laughs> They were used to more goals, <laughs> and uh, I could hear them now shouting, "We want four! We want four! So, uh, do you remember much of the goal? I mean, the, there was a clash between yes, Ron Hunt and the goalkeeper, and the balls I rolling to you. Everything about the goals, you know, it's not just my goal that I remember. I can remember the whole game in actual fact. I can remember Ron uh, Peter Springett saving a super sh- strike from West Bromwich that would most probably won it for him. But uh, I think it was Jeff Astor or Tony Kay or someone like that went through and had a shot on goal and Peter balled off a, a brilliant save. Uh, our first goal was I got the ball, I went past Williams, he fouled me, Les Allen took the free kick, Roger Morden hit it in the net. That was our first goal. Our second goal was still down at Rodney. Uh, he collected the ball off of Mike Keane looking for someone to play through none of us was going there <laughs> so he had to do it on his own and uh, he slid past the goalkeeper hit it inside of the post and went in and made it 2-2 and my goal was I don't know why Ronnie Hunt had the ball but he had the ball on the edge of our penalty area the circle and he played the ball into me and he played me a bit short. So as the ball was coming to me, Ronnie kept running, playing a one-two with me, but the ball was a bit short for me and a, and the defender was next to me and all I could do was flick it. I couldn't pass it. I had to flick the ball in front of it and the ball went up in the air like an oval shape, it looked like a rugby ball had that much spin on it right from the outside of my foot and when it landed it landed between a couple of defenders but the spin beat the defender and carried on through to the goalkeeper it was still spinning and Ronnie carried on running and because he was well entitled to go for the ball so I mean it was a 50-50 chance I mean it wasn't as if the goalkeeper had it in his arms or and Ronnie knocked it out they went into a clash with the ball and I turned around and carried on running like following the ball up 
and uh, it hit the goalkeeper and, the goal and Ronnie, they clashed and the ball ran out to me and I just stuck it in the back of the net with my left foot. I personally think it was all very legal. Today it most probably wouldn't have been counted, but in our day... You were allowed a bit of that. We were allowed a bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't the, the, the feather touch and people falling over. Overprotected goalkeepers yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing like that. I mean, people used to tackle hard and uh, defend hard. And I thought that it was quite a legal goal. Mm. When they the talk, day. when they talk in the modern game about oh, there was contact, so he was oh. entitled to go down. It's not your thing, I'm sensing. No, no, <laughs> no. It's, it's a contact sport as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, people used to kick me left, right, and centre, and I used to give it back. Uh, there was a few people that I know used to go out on the pitch with books down the backs of their legs. You know, as pads. Okay. You know, never had pads in the front, just down the backs. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I can remember the whole game, and I can remember specifically how the goals went in. So that never leave me. That's that's amazing, though. Do you? One of the sort of the other famous things about you is you you kept leaving QPR and coming back. You had three sort of separate yes, stints, was, and Alex Stock signed you four times. What was why did that keep happening? So I was only talking about that today to my friend. I never once asked for a transfer, not once from any of the clubs I was at. Uh, when I came to QPR in the first place, uh, Alex Stock came over and got me. I never asked Leighton Orient for a transfer or anything like that, but Alex Stock wanted me to come down here to Rangers, which I accepted. Uh, then Wolves came in for me while I was here. I never asked for a transfer, but Wolves came in. Manchester bit, of, City. bit of money, bit of money. Manchester City was here, West Bromwich Albion here, uh, Wolves, Tottenham, West Ham. They were all fighting for me signature at the time, but the money was uh, was the problem. Um, Alex Stock wanted the most money he could get, and uh, so I signed for Wolves, who offered the most money. Yeah. So I never asked for a transfer then. So I went to Wolves. The only club I asked for a move was Wolverhampton Wanderers. Funny enough. Just didn't like Wolverhampton. No, it's not I much of a place. <laughs> I didn't. I, it, it wasn't a case of that. Uh, I was promised a few things at Wolverhampton that never, uh, where it was accepted, but was never, you know, living and training in in London, living where I was, and training at QPR during the week and travelling up to certain places. All that I discussed with Stan Cullis before we signed. And he had accepted that. But as soon as I signed, uh, he was on about coming up to Wolverhampton, come and have a look at this house, come and have a look at the house. Uh, and he accepted the fact that before he signed me, uh, these things is what I wanted. But uh, And he was a bit of a sergeant major. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Harry. Harry achieved what he achieved with his personality and what have you because uh, I've never heard him say hello or how are you or how's things getting on 
and the rest of the players in the side were exactly the same. They were, they were, wouldn't say a word back to him. Mm. And uh, I was sitting in the dressing room with people like Eddie Clamp and Bill Slater and, and Ron Flowers, who all had like flat <laughs> noses and okay. muscles on their ear holes, and he used to talk to them like shit. So, uh, and they never answered him back. And uh, they, uh, even the chairman, and I mean, they ate and drank what he said. He was definitely in charge of Wolverhampton Wanderers. And, uh, so you quite fancy coming back? Well, I couldn't wait to get away, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, um, and when QPR came in for me, because uh, I was on my way to Leighton Orient, Johnny Carey, the manager at Leighton Orient, wanted me to go there from Wolves. And um, anyway, Alec got him first. And uh, for the love of the club that I had, uh, although I was coming from the first division back down to the third division, I couldn't wait to get back. And uh, that's when I came back. Then, while I was here for the first couple of years, when I came back for Wolves, Brentford came in for me. Now, I never asked for a move from here <laughs> to Brentford. So Brentford came in for me and offered George McLeod who was a rated outside left at Brentford, and they offered George McLeod and £10,000 for me here. So I went there. Uh, then I had a bit of problem at Brentford, and never asked for a transfer. And next thing I know, Alex Stock's back in, <laughs> in the scene. So I came back to QPR. And then, while I was at QPR, Crystal Palace came in for me. So I'd never asked for any transfers from any club. They all wanted me. That's nice, though. Oh, it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful feeling. It's nice, yeah. And uh, that's how it happened. And at the finish, of the, at the end of the day, Jimmy Bloomfield, who was manager at Leighton Orient at the time, came in for me at Crystal Palace and asked me to go Leighton Orient. And uh, that's what I'd done. I've never asked for a transfer at any of the clubs that I've been to, apart from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Do I? Um, as it, I you, you don't strike me as uh, the modern sort of game doesn't it doesn't really appeal no, to you. Am I? And is is that is that the money, the the way that it's played, the sort of non-contact well, element of it? What, not, what is I'm it? I'm not concerned with people's money. Uh, I do think it's obscene. Uh, if I go and have a watch a game of football, I'd like to see. I like to see a game of football. Today, it's the football that I can't can't handle. I can't handle people being, as you rightly says, uh, we were two knocked down at Wembley. We weren't passing the ball backwards. When we got the ball at Wembley, we went forward. We're two knocked down. We ain't going to score goals passing the ball back to our goalkeeper. I see, okay. And today's game, there's more passes going backwards than there is going forwards, winning or losing. Possession for possession's sake. Oh, it's, it, it just winds me up. Just <laughs> winds me up. And I'll tell you what, it, what happens is that the, the wing-off passes the ball square to the centre-off, the centre-off passes the ball square to the other wing-off, the wing-off then passes it back to the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper boots it up the field. Which is as good as giving it away. I mean, why can't... Why can't the three players that have touched the ball 
in the first place, kick the ball front forward. You know, I, I just can't. I just can't handle it. You're you're a man after my own heart with this. No, <laughs> I have to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you, like your family's got big boxing background, or yeah. did in the day. So, I mean, do you watch modern boxing like overhyped pay per view? Do you still in, do you still I enjoy do, that? I do like to watch the boxing, but I do feel that uh, that that's uh, came down a bit as well. In 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 my day, I think the boxers uh, of yesteryear were much better than the boxers are today. So it's it's a it's a one on one situation. It's like snooker. I'm in, I'm a great snooker fan as well, and uh, I think the yesteryear players were a lot better than the than the players are today. Although. All the players of yesteryear are saying that the condition and the yeah. the uh, they're they're better today than they were in them days. But I don't agree with that. You'd fancy yourself playing playing modern football and uh, having I, having an effect. I would, back. I would love to have been able to play in today's football where people don't allow you to be tackled because that was the one fear that every forward line went out. To play against, I mean, it was, it was how they tackled you. I mean, I've come off games with blood coming down my knees, my shins, uh, you know, people with busted eyes and, and uh, lips. You know, you just don't get. And one bad injury back then, and that that was pretty much your lot, wasn't it? It's not like, you know, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't know what to say about the game today. It's such a, it's such a, I personally think it's such an easy game to play. You know, you haven't got one eye on your defender when the ball's coming to you and the pitches that they play on. Uh, everything about the game today, I cannot see uh, how I wouldn't have fitted in. But the only, the only trouble is I wasn't a workhorse like they are today I mean they're not footballers today they're athletes yeah you know skill skill factor is gone but their the work rate is top notch you know you get uh, really good players that are tackling back and forth back. I was the worst tackler in the world so uh, uh, in actual fact when I was playing they used to tell, tell me to F off up the, up the pitch <laughs> you know don't defend because I, I couldn't defend but then again, my steps were going forward. Uh, so, yeah, I'd have been able to play today. Easy. Easy. Is there a winger you see today? And not that you watch a lot of football, as you say. Is there a winger you see today that you like? You think, you know, he's got something about him. He, he's direct? No. Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think uh, there is any wingers today that um, I, I used to think that Gareth Bale was... Uh, a typical winger um, and possibly the best one of the best wingers I've seen here was here on loan from Tottenham and that was Andy Townsend yeah or whatever his name Andros yeah. Andros yeah. Andros Townsend to me is the best winger I've seen here even because though. he was direct and just oh, yeah. straight to goal yes yeah and uh, that is that's the sort of uh, people that take people on uh, 
I've always admired or, or thought of, you know, beat people, gaps will open up. But nowadays you get, you just get them coming backwards, passing the ball back. Nothing happens. I you know, nothing happens up front because it's too too slow. You know, you pass the ball out to the winger. The winger gets the ball. He he don't want to cross it because there's nobody in there to cross it to. So he passes it back. Then he passes it this side. You know. The and forward, by which time the defence is all back in shape. Yes. It's all, yeah. But the forwards, nobody beats anybody. You've got to remember that if you beat someone, if you're playing football and you beat a defender, that defender now, or other defenders have got a cover for that defender that you've bought. Somebody, somebody's got... So it leaves leaves spaces and things like that in, in defenders. And uh, they don't have to do that today. They say, all oh, right, he's going to pass the ball back as long as I've got him here. Uh, that's how it is today's football yeah I just can't cope with and the money that they're on as well you know <sighs> when I when I think about it we were on £20 a week and £30 a week and, you know the ice sprays that I've ever got was just over 100 quid a week you know it doesn't even compare with what they're on today and I'm not talking about I'm not decrying these players I'm I'm saying that people that can't play yeah. are on fortunes. People that I wouldn't wouldn't get in my years ago wouldn't get in my reserve team are on fortunes going out there and playing today. So I'm not singling out anybody. <laughs> it's just <laughs> no, that, I'm ask um, names. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not that. Uh, the game to me today is. Uh, is in a terrible state. I mean, uh, unfortunately, get a QPR at the moment. You know, I mean, this used to be a used to be a, a, a den for people to come here years ago to get a win. I mean, I think you've had four wins this year. Four wins at home. I mean, we never lo- used to leave a game. Used to lo- lose a game at home. I mean, at the most out of the twenty-two games that we played here. If we lost two, it was a, it was a. That was a, a yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we used to have teams come here that just didn't want to play. Had bad times running out the tunnel. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, and the state of the pitch and and everything that I've, I'm looking at today at QPR, I mean, it's so far away from where I was. Uh, in my QP, QPR days, the pitch. Still your club. It's still your club, though. Oh, it's still my club. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Well, I, I like to think that. Uh, uh, the supporters and the people that were around in my day still hold me in in great esteem. I absolutely and, guarantee and, that they do. Yeah, and I do them. Yeah, this is this has always been a good club, great club. Well, you're you're a legend of that great club, and it's been a, an absolute privilege to to spend thank time with you much. today. So thank, thank you, you for that. Yeah, thank you very much.